0: All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Prep for Impact. I'm your host, Matt Parrish, retired Green Beret, and I've got an amazing guest uh, for us today. We had uh, Florida State Senator Jay Collins in and He spent over 20 years uh, as a Green Beret, worked his way through all sorts of injuries and setbacks in order to continue to serve, was very successful, even though he had combat injuries and ultimately had to have his uh, leg amputated, but just a lifetime of service within uh, within special forces. But what's even more impactful throughout his story, you're going to hear times where he didn't get You know, he didn't have the path that he originally wanted. It wasn't what he chose, but he chose to make sure, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't control where he was placed or what the uh, you know the injury or different things that happened, but he could control how he reacted to that, and you'll see you'll hear that throughout this episode and throughout his story. He ultimately went out uh, after being a Green Beret. After he retired, he started working in the nonprofit world and was very uh, impactful in giving back to the community. And then ultimately felt a call for service again to run for office and to step up and serve our country once again. Ultimately, now winning a state senator seat, and he'll talk a little bit about, at the end of the uh, interview, a little bit about what he's been doing in the Florida State Senate and what he sees as the reason why vets need to step up and answer the call once again. So it was a phenomenal conversation. I'm excited to, to give it to you, and I hope that you really enjoy Prep for Impact, a Green Beret Foundation podcast. One, two, All stations. Prep for Impact. All right, hey everyone, welcome back to Prep for Impact. As you heard in the intro, got an awesome opportunity to talk to a great guest today. Uh, fellow Green Bay veteran right. and Florida State Senator uh, Jared J. Collins, J. Thanks for coming in, man. man it's great to talk, to talk to you. Happy bro- to be here, brother. Thank you for the opportunity, man. It's I, I know as an elected official, you're all over the place <laughs> between nonprofits and everything else. So again, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I told you before we hit record when when I started off to you know do prep for impact and start my own podcast. You were one of the first guys. I was like, this guy's got to be in the first chunk of episodes. Uh, you know, being a, a Tampa resident and having you be one of our representatives and see Seeing you, you know, uh, we just saw each other again, yep. on July Fourth. Uh, you know, it's awesome to have my kids with me and be like, "Yo, look at the Green Beret who's out representing us." So, uh, you know, I appreciate that as a not only as a constituent but also as a uh, fellow Green Beret. It's awesome. Yeah, brother, uh, I,
1: I appreciate yeah. it, man. You know, it's the first lesson I learned is a Green Beret, right? Yeah. Walking into selection, you're there, and uh, I swear to God, this dude was like 75 years old, he was like really <laughs> probably 35, <laughs> right? It looked like he'd been ridden hard and put away wet for months, <laughs> and, and it's like Paul mall voice. He's like. Look, man. If you don't do anything else, remember this. I'm like, I better listen to this, yeah. right? He seems like he has some some knowledge. You always got to leave it better than you got it, right? There
0: you go. And that's yeah. what it's about,
1: man. It, yeah. it really is. And just having the opportunity to come back and make a difference, and you know, yeah. show us in the art of possible, uh, it's a blessing. Yeah
0: it's super cool you know when we'll get into you know politics and all that later but just as we're talking about it man it's it's super cool to see now so many global war on terrorism vets like getting involved cuz it yeah, it seemed like there was like a dearth of that for a little while because you know wars were going on everything was going crazy and it was like it almost seemed like there were less veterans period but the veterans that were representing were were you know much much further back in uh, in history and it seemed like there was sort of a desert there where we weren't getting as many younger guys and gals that had served in the current and then you know we've seen an uptick of that uh i would say definitely over the last four years of folks feeling that call to serve right. again and uh it's super interesting to see the different you know you and others that have stepped up to the plate i think it's an awesome opportunity well, and i think you see
1: yeah. a lot of people from our community doing it again yeah. it's the tip of the spirit right we're yeah. out there doing what we have to do yeah. it's not what we necessarily want to do I didn't dream of politics, man. This is not where yeah. I wanted my life to go. It is not yeah. where I thought it was going to go. I thought after the military, I'd probably have a job, do yeah. those things, start a business. Yeah. But I wanted to be in a boat in the Gulf fishing with my kids. There right? you go. That's yeah. where I wanted to be. But man, we know what matters. Hmm. We know what's at stake, right? Yeah. We've lost brothers. We've yeah. lost family. We've lost sisters in, in mm-hmm. some cases, right? Yeah. And we buried them and all that they were and all mm-hmm. that they could be was lost. for something that we understand right if we don't start getting people who understand what's at stake who have built things or bled for things Mm. into politics we're losing our way and and something that I harp on and something that I really push uh, aggressively is this as Americans it is so unique right Mm. we have a responsibility to protect and preserve the freedoms those things we hold to be so true and self-evident yeah. for our children just as our forefathers did and man, yeah. this is our turn this is our time the World War II generation wasn't the greatest because of the war we know that it's what they yeah. did after they mm-hmm. created America as we grew up in it yeah. this is our time we have fought we have persevered and we know what right looks like we have to get involved the yeah. health and welfare of our future generations and of our nation really are on our shoulders we have to step in we have to step once more into that breach
0: spec Ops tools is a different breed of tool brand they produce premium innovative hand tools by leveraging the dynamic strengths of their veteran team and leadership in addition to staffing vets spec Ops gives a part of every sale back to extremely worthy veteran service organizations Producing elite tools is their business, and supporting American service members is their passion. Go check out SpecOps Tools today. Prep for Impact is proudly brought to you by the Green Beret Foundation. The Green Beret Foundation offers emergency, immediate, and ongoing support to all generations of U.S. Army Special Forces soldiers, their families, caregivers, and survivors. The foundation provides direct support and advocacy to over 3,000 families each year. The Green Beret Foundation is here to assist you whenever you need them. Learn more at greenberetfoundation.org. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, you know, Reagan said it's never more than one generation from extinction, right? And uh you know, I, I will, uh, I will say that it's tugged on me a little bit. And uh, what ultimately, as I looked at it, uh, you know, I'm not throwing my hat in the ring right now. Uh, that's not what this episode's about. But I've d- certainly looked at it because when you grow up, you know, and you devote service to the nation and to your fellow man and, and, and brother and sister left and right of you, and then you see an opportunity to potentially serve again and try, you know, what I what I don't want, I have three kids that I love dearly. And uh, I think, you know, I'm wondering, this is one of my questions for you. One of the hesitants to being in it all in the political arena is I don't want people going after my family. I don't want all these, you know, smear attacks and all those things. But I also don't want in 20 years for one of my kids to look at me and say, like, hey, you were at the point where you could have done something about this why didn't you do something about this right
1: yeah. absolutely and, and there's a couple of things we talked yeah. about one of them earlier yeah. and i'm going to use it it's a phrase that i use all the time uh green berets are quiet professionals right. we know who we are right we right. don't uh pat ourselves in the back we don't care who gets the credit we want to do it right and get it done mm-hmm. but quiet and silent aren't the same thing
0: yeah right 100%. when
1: you're silent people speak for you and that's happened in our community for a long time For veterans as a whole but when you're quiet people wait to hear you speak Mm. that is our space we are proficient we're knowledgeable and we know how to function and move forward rapidly with a violence of action right it's the same way in politics right yeah we have to do that you talk about the children and you're actually hitting on the biggest thing that weighs on my heart Mm. day in and day out it is very real yeah you know i've had death threats i've had people come to my house and stalk us yeah. Uh, it's I wild. understand, yeah. uh, another elected representative had a bullet go through his house. Yeah. It's, it's very real, yeah. but here's the reality. How much worse is it going to get if people like us aren't a part of this? Yeah. To whom much is given, much is expected. And while I don't want to put my family in that position, it's not where I want them. Yeah. I know that if I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And I believe people <laughs> like you and, and I, and people from our yeah. community can be that difference maker. Yeah. And if we have to go slay the dragon, then I got to raise my kids to be dragon slayers. And I have to arm them, not physically, but with the tools necessary. (laughs) You got to raise
0: them up to be able to, uh, you know, not shrink away from something that they need to step into. That's right. uh, To not, you know, we don't want to sit around as a community and wait for others to lead. Uh, As a community who prides ourselves on having been through this furnace of refining fire of leadership, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to make an impact. I mean, that's why the podcast called Prep for Impact. Two of the reasons, right? One is how do we make an impact on our on our families, on our organizations, on our neighborhoods, on our local area, on our nation? And also, how do we come back from taking an impact? And I think the same resiliency that you showed throughout your career through injury and through wounds, that same resiliency is needed when sometimes in as our country, we make mistakes or we falter and we have to come back right. from it. And we have to realize um, that, you know, we've got to we've got to have strong leaders who um obviously have their priorities in the right place and are after it for the for the better good and not for themselves, but also that have experience in situations like that. We we oftentimes um, unfortunately elect people that maybe don't have near the track record that you have of not just leading, but coming back from adversity. Right. And so, um, you know, I I. I have been very inspired by the last four years of seeing guys and gals like you step up and say okay um, yeah, i think i think for me there's a there's a big noticeable difference in authenticity between people who are like i want to stand up because i want to be elected and whatever else and there's a lot of very humble uh quality leaders like yourself who are stepping up and saying like hey It's not what I necessarily thought my transition plan was. You were running a very successful nonprofit. That's right. You were doing a lot of great things. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, hey, I've got this call again. Uh, You know, I've had this call before and I went and served my country's Green Beret. Here's the call again. Um, Let's talk about a little bit of your time. What was that first call like when you first, uh, you're growing up and you decide, I'm going to join, I'm going to serve the country. Ultimately, I'm going to go do this crazy thing and try to become one of these Green Berets. How did your process end up there?
1: Yeah, so it, it's kind of circuitous, right? Yeah. So I grew up in Northeastern Montana yeah. on a farm and a ranch. I was adopted by my grandparents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my dad, my grandfather was yeah. a World War II veteran. He was a misdrop on D-Day. He didn't talk much about it, but mm-hmm. I knew a little bit just from yeah. paying attention as a kid. The military that honor the stories, uh, you know, the bond, the brotherhood, mm-hmm. yeah. those pieces I picked up on. So I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, and we lost our farm man. Uh, mm. coming out of the 80s and yeah. uh, out of the Carter years with the drought that was going on in Montana, the economic viability wasn't there. Mm. So the thing that defined my family, our, our generational family farm got sold, right? Mm. And it changed everything. So at that point, you know, you're not really sure where it's going to go. Yeah. I'm playing sports. That was the anchor point, And now it's that gone. Was, it, was yeah. what, it was what drove our family. Yeah. Who we were. It was our identity, mm. right? And when that's gone, Everything's disrupted. Mm. And then, you know, my dad passed away, my mm. grandfather, yeah. when I was in high school. Mm. I was a junior. Uh, my grandmother had a nervous breakdown. I went out to college for a couple of years. I thought I was going to be an NFL superstar, but it came to a realization <laughs> I was five foot nine and 220 pounds. That wasn't going to happen, yeah.
0: right? The mindset was there. <laughs> the yeah.
1: mindset was there. The body was not. Yeah. I tried, and yeah. I was modicum. Yeah, I was a modicum yeah. of talent, but I was not that guy, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, ultimately, I joined the army mm-hmm. uh, because I tore my ACL, MCL, and broken yeah. my kneecap. They're like, "Man, you are really broken. <laughs> you have to go into a soft skill MOS." It's like I don't want to mm. do that. Yeah. That's not my thing. Hmm. I want to go do stuff, shoot guns, break down doors. They're like, "Look, you can be an X-ray tech." You can be mm. an Intel guy or you can be a PAC guy. You're mm. qualified for everything else, but you have to be in one of these low physical jobs. I was huh. like, wow, that's not really what I want at all. But I joined, I uh, became an intelligence person because I envisioned James Bond with like yeah. a Norwegian <laughs> accent, right? A little bit. Uh, that was not what it was. It was being in buildings with no windows for a long time. It's a little wonky. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, I'm grateful it happened, right? We can't choose the path of life puts us on but we can sure choose our outcome how we deal with that right how we grow from that moment and I'll tell you as an SF guy learning to understand the strategic analysis and the big picture of what we were doing at a macro level Mm. that made all the difference once I got in and had the opportunity to become a Green Beret so uh, I was at Beanoch in Fort Huachuca Arizona I ran off to Vegas uh, with my wife after two months of dating. We're still married to this there day. Yeah. We have two amazing little boys that are 11 yeah. and 8. And uh, we came back, and in true DOD fashion, right, uh, rather than moving one of us to the other, they said, hey, let's double down on our cost and move them both somewhere else. <laughs> Fort Bragg was that place. So on 9-11, uh, I was in jump school nice. at Fort mm. Bragg. Yeah. Uh, 9-10 was my first jump. I was mm. pretty jazzed because the shoot opened, and uh, I got up and walked away. I was like, yeah. Heck yeah, I remember right? that feeling. Yep. yep. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I don't love it, but I did yeah. it. And uh, day two was going to be 9 11, jumps two and three it mm. didn't happen. I had no idea the towers had been hit mm. until probably 10 hours afterwards. Remember those TVs mm. they rolled out in high school? Yeah. Right. Such yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> <the> teacher <laughs> one, yeah. Right, exactly. Right. Well, that's how we found out about 9 11. Wow. My wife lived in DC at the time. She yeah. worked at the Pentagon. She was a counterintel agent, mm. you know, so she did some pretty interesting things. And I had no idea. We didn't have cell phones and stuff back then. Mm-hmm. But we knew life was changing, right? Mm-hmm. Everything about our nation, about our, our military, yeah. we were becoming a nation at war rapidly. Yeah. I was in first of the 325. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just, I uh, was working to go get a position in Corollers. I was kind of backwards working my way into what I wanted to do, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not yep. what they had me do. Yep. And uh, I got picked up for a one-person rotation to the Joint Interagency Task Force at mm. Dill Air Force Base i had no clue what that was right I was like that's a big acronym man what does this do well it meant i came here i met green berets face to face for the first time yeah. i understood what socom was what centcom was and i met guys from some of the tiered organizations i was like yeah i get it
0: yeah nice
1: i gotta figure out a way mm. and uh there was just one little roadblock they wouldn't let intel guys go to selection dead serious. You could go, Mm. but if you got picked up, you couldn't go to the Q course. I was
0: just going to say, you talked about being able to have the strategic, I was thinking like, man, that's such a leg up, you know, because so few people understand as a Green Beret, as a special forces team member, especially as you work your way up in the leadership, how much, you know, there's other soft careers where you just sort of get a mission package and you go execute. Ours is much more like, here's a problem, go figure it out. And there's 20 layers of different things you're trying to figure out. So I was just thinking, man, as an Intel that you probably had a much better, but now of course we had a arbitrary rule that was standing in the way. So how'd we get around it? So after 9 11 and when all this happened, I
1: was wrapping up this deployment and they changed it. Yeah. It was me. Uh, and my buddy John Collins, also an SF guy, yeah. who were the first uh, the first two intel guys in the door, <laughs> like, nice, peace, we're here. I'm out, man. And uh, with nice. the selection, uh, two and a half weeks, didn't train up, didn't do anything. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not going back. <laughs> nice, this is my path. I showed up. I was like, I remember telling the cadre, I don't care what you do, you can drive me behind a truck for thirty days, <laughs> I'm not failing. I love it. And uh, it ended up being this really wonky snowstorm class in November mm. of two thousand two trees were freezing falling on people yeah. I mean, just crazy stuff yeah I ended up rescuing a dude uh who had hypothermia and carrying him back wow. to the talk yeah. in the middle of land nav and them going back on my way right <laughs> it's just crazy things and uh it's kind of crazy that's how my career went that's how yeah. life has gone it's not what you expected but yeah. you know you, you get the opportunity to overcome and develop this yeah. heat and pressure right that's how we forge things yeah, sure and uh it was that very way so Ultimately, I got the opportunity. Uh, I wanted to be a Bravo or a Charlie, Mm -hmm. maybe an Echo. I did not want to be a Delta. And they're like, hey, you got really good scores. <laughs> you're smart. You're, <laughs> you're going to be an 18 Delta. It's like, I don't
0: want to be Yeah, because it's, it's, like, it's a lot longer of a yeah, Q course. Like, I want to yeah. get out there. You know, I'm yeah. already a
1: senior E6, man. Yeah. I want to get on a team. I want to yeah. do things. Right. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, do you want to be a green beret? It's like,
0: absolutely. Well, then you're going to be an 18 yeah. Delta. <laughs> we told you what you were going to be <laughs> well, I'll that. Okay. I always like the, uh, <laughs> Hey, I would like to be. And then you write it down and then it's like, yeah, here's what you will be. Yeah, like, the, okay. This, this fair is not a,
1: this isn't a conversation. I do
0: want to be a green beret. So fair enough. Yeah, Roger. I will do that. Yep. We're good, right?
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, went just a few blocks down the road from the first of the three two five yeah. to the Q course. Went through that, and uh, it, it was it, it was amazing, right? Yeah. Just to see the maturation and then development and. Yeah getting closer to where i wanted to go uh i was lucky to go to seventh group mm-hmm. uh seven three two and seven three four yeah. you know seven one three two seven one three four for this all
0: right i'm old school seventh group too we yeah. still had three numbers and uh, i'm with it that's you. right man you. that's yeah. my jam and I it, know, it's for brag yeah. uh, It's
1: it's still yeah. what i call it I, <laughs> yeah. it's muscle I memory i know and uh you know i'm glad yeah. i wanted to get out there and i wanted to get to the war on terror i wanted yeah. to get into the kinetic back and forth of this sure but in the end, I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to understand the other soft missions first, mm-hmm. and to see what that looked like, yeah. and to learn from you know some really very senior people like Kelly Raup and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sar and folks who knew what mattered mm-hmm. and the way we should do this, and you know that's where SF was eventually going to get back to, and to sure. have that understanding yeah. to help impart down the road with folks mm-hmm. mattered. Uh, obviously, we went to Columbia a few times, did yeah. those things, went out to tolomida worked with the Bacoa, went mm. uh, walked around in the jungle a few times. Sure. And, uh yeah. it was great. loved it. But then we went to Afghanistan yeah. with uh, with uh, seven three four
0: seven one three four now. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's where, you know, again, life takes a different turn yeah. right
0: uh, It's so interesting as like uh, across SF, you know across special ops period, but, you know, people view, people have this view that like special forces, you sort of have like this monolithic career path could not be further from the truth, right? 100%. Like you and I both went to the same group. We were only about a year apart from getting there. You got there about a year before me and I did the opposite. I went to combat for four straight years and then learned about like all yeah. of a sudden I was in South America. I'm like, Oh, what do we, uh, Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot. I learned Spanish a couple of years ago. Just right. so, uh, One of the things that I always say when kids, you know, talk about like potentially wanting to go to SF and why I thought it was cool is like the, The Swiss Army knife of uh, soft being Green Berets, but just the uh, unlimited potential to have something be different. Like you're never really, you know, you always got a new problem. And for guys like us that like, you know, like the cognitive and cerebral side of like trying to figure out puzzles and all those things, like that's why uh, it it appeals and why it keeps us. Because it's not like, okay, I do this one thing as a Delta and that's all I'm ever going to do, right? And so it's super interesting, sort of the variety as we talk about, you know, that's just in our own group at that one time. You know, spread that across all of the different Mm -hmm. groups. There's so many different opportunities for variety. So... You end up in Afghanistan, yep. right? You're doing your you're doing your combat rotation. You know, and all of a sudden, yeah, you get so, a big curveball. Yeah, a, a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, I got to do the two way firing
1: range. Yeah, and the, the yeah. bad thing about that is sometimes you get shot and you get yeah. hit by things, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it goes a whole different direction than you expected, right? Yeah. So April of 07, man, we're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm-hmm. Firebase Anaconda. It's Every time you go yeah. out the wire, you're getting a gunfight. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of it. You know, that, that's what we that wanted. I was to in do. Anaconda
0: in 06. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know the deal, yeah. man. That's, all, that's it is a kinetic yeah. area, and it was a yeah. wild west, man. I yeah. mean, it
1: was it was serious. So uh, in April, they uh, they hit us front and back mm-hmm. of the uh, the convoy, mm-hmm. and it was unique. You know, you can tell the difference between mm-hmm. people who know what they're doing yeah. on the ground yeah.
0: effective fire versus you know
1: these fires were yeah. actually maneuvering they well, were covering while yeah. they while they moved right yeah. they had covering fire in placement and yeah. they were utilizing their heavy assets appropriately appropriately and i was like there's something different, yeah. Here, right, that's a like, huge departure from your right. average. Just this is like not the and spray. yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. it's a totally different thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh crap, yeah. I remember putting it out on the radio, yeah. and then you know, it's just like any, any gunfight, right? It ebbs, it flows, it the yeah. decrescendos, yeah. and you know, it started getting gnarly. And yeah. uh, rounds are popping in, and there's rounds popping all over the truck. And uh, yeah. I got hit by a ricochet in my arm, and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know I got hit. Your yeah. adrenaline's so high, I you know, I saw the rounds come when I, I hit the two guys that were doing it, we put them down and yeah. the ended that game and then it stops. What do you do, man? You reload your weapon. You check everything. Like, why breath. am I leaking over here? Well, I, I, I was slipping on stuff, yeah. man. I was like, dude, did yeah. they hit the water? Is it oil? I was like, oh, crap. Did they hit the ribbons? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> protect where, the, protect <laughs> the cooler. Yeah. That's where my mind was. Yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. I need the caffeine. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think anybody had been hit. And yeah. when I realized it was blood, it was about yeah. a liter of blood on the ground. I mm. never even thought it was mine. because right. my heart rate was still up. I was yeah. focused on what we were doing. And I turned and looked at our Artura gunner and it, it, it wasn't it, 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 it yeah. wasn't wasn't them. It was me. It was a me yeah. problem. <laughs> uh, we popped the tourniquet on and yeah. went back at it. Mm. Uh, we ended up in a gunfight for about five hours that day. I had yeah. a tourniquet on for about an hour. We changed it to a pressure dressing mm. and went back. We had a bunch of people injured. Yeah. Uh, I waved off medevac because yeah. I wasn't, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't gonna take a spot on the bird where other people needed it more, sure. right? You don't do that, especially as a senior medic, right? Yeah. You take care of others first. We did that uh, fully expecting that uh, it, there'd be a helicopter coming soon. It yeah. just wasn't a helicopter coming or, soon.
0: Yeah, Anaconda is out in the middle of nowhere at the last part of the ring route. Yep. When we were there, we went a couple of months without ever getting resupply. We actually went black on food because it was too. the middle of the winter. And yep. it's so far out there. I mean, you are a 45-minute Helicopter ride from any other friendly forces. 100%. And so the, those helicopters don't just show up like they do in other places. It was
1: the spring and yeah. the past closed up and yep. there was nothing coming, man. They were coming yeah. to get us. So as a medic, right, I'm getting pain, pallor, pulselessness. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know all crap. these things. <laughs> you, no, no way, right? Like, yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Andy's Fuggy. The Master Sergeant Andrew Marcosano Suicide Prevention Fund supports the mental health care needs of Green Berets and their families not covered by military health care. GBF takes a holistic perspective considering treatments and therapies that may address underlying concerns such as substance abuse, PTS, TBI, chronic pain, and more, which can contribute to suicidal ideation. The Green Beret Foundation aims to ensure every Green Beret and their family receives the necessary treatment and care, leaving no one behind. To learn more, visit GreenBeretFoundation.org slash AndesFund. Spec Ops Tools has two missions, developing the highest performing hand tools available and supporting the men and women who serve our nation. They employ veterans, support veteran philanthropic events, and donate revenue from every single to veteran service organizations that make a real impact. Go check out Spec Ops Tools today at SpecOpstools.com.
1: Did you ever look at the War Wound Surgical Handbook? No, for, I was a for, Charlie,
0: so I, yeah.
1: Well, when you look at that up mm. under fasciotomy, mm it looks like something from homer simpson right mm. that's like an arm drawn in crayon <laughs> with dotted lines that legitimately said cut here well wow. super mm. that is just fantastic right yeah you know
0: okay so especially I, when it's you and yeah, you're not right. you're not doing it with somebody else you're like right. oh no this is my arm that's yeah. drawn yeah
1: yeah so we're like all right so we prep my left arm mm. to, for surgery yeah. my right arm to help assist and the junior medic myself and uh our yeah, charlie and and, uh, and bravo we mm-hmm. did a two compartment fasciotomy mm. and uh, cleaned it up pulled the stuff out of it and ultimately saved our own arm my uh,
0: arm i uh, awesome. went on i had a few more yeah.
1: surgeries and you know, came back to the fire base about uh, about 30 days later yeah uh and just kept going right yeah. and then we had that uh, rare opportunity where uh, again you get to be the first thing uh they decided they wanted to overrun a fire base right mm. it was the en vogue thing right yeah. i guess it was in a, in a flyer somewhere yeah and uh they were directly assaulting our fire base yeah so and uh,
0: anaconda sat in a very weird position where it was on the side of a mountain and yeah. was not the most strategic place ever, but had been around forever. I mean, sure it was an was. old Russian base, all these things. And I remember when we were there in 06, it was like, you know, it's not like we're going to rebuild a diff- in a different place. We did a lot of work to rebuild it in there. But I always thought, man, like we are, you know, there there are a lot of angles into this place. Yeah, it it, essentially- you feel a lot more like you're out. You're in the open, bowl, man. Yeah, you're yeah. in the open much more than you... you got high ground all around you, it's right?
1: It's crazy. It's yeah. nuts. It's like yeah. Custer chose this thing, yeah. right? Exactly. What are we thinking here, man? The
0: whole time. That was my first Firebase as well, and it was like, is this what we're doing? Like, right. I get shot from there, 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 there. Like, right. this
1: seems weird, but... Well, and that's exactly what happened. So yep. we were getting, like... Uh, this rifle yeah. fire and mortars yeah. and heavy machine guns and small yeah. arms and it's coming in from plunging fire all over yeah we lost like 11 head of horse yeah uh, you know our donkey yep. our mules got hit our fuel I blivets them, yeah. it was crazy yeah. right i mean it was like a bad gi joe cartoon yeah. right and uh, mortar hit i dropped down about 20 feet ended up I didn't know it at the time, but I broke a bunch of bones in my T spine, mm. rounded off my uh, spinal processes. Mm. Apparently, it's bad for you. Yeah, blew out a Can bunch of discs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, blew out a bunch of discs in my back, mm. and like everything was attached. I had a headache. I'm dirty. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off, right? right. Just to be frank, and sure. you get up and do what you got to do, right? So mm. I get up, go back there, and we just keep at it, right? I didn't mm. think anything about it. Mm. Um, Come to find out later as we went through kind of this medical process i had really jacked up my back mm-hmm. um, it was compressing nerves all over yeah. but you know it's it's a frog in a pot right yeah. you're focused on just getting first the top of the water you don't sure. see the water temperature and you just keep pushing right yeah. i was focused on being there with the guys to my left and right i wasn't gonna let them down sure yeah. and and we didn't so we finished that up and i went back and uh i wanted to go try something new right i wanted mm-hmm. to go one of those those tiered organizations yeah. or to selection and uh, for the first time, I really encountered something that drove me crazy. I failed, right? I yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, right? it just it, yeah. it's so frustrating, yeah. but it was weird, man, like, my foot was dragging behind me. I couldn't mm. feel it. It wasn't. Yeah, you, you tell it to go left and it doesn't yeah, go left, yeah. it kind of does something like your own body. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And I'm tripping up mountains, down mountains, I'm mm. rolling down mountains with a rucksack, which is never awesome. Right? Yeah. We've all done it. Yeah, uh, to some degree or another. Yeah. and. Uh, i am like all right whatever man i'm just i need to train up differently so mm. i get an opportunity to go back i go back again and uh again i get all the way there and i'm just not quite fast enough but by this time my foot's dragging i'm leaving like <laughs> street marks and yeah. dirt and they're like hey look you can come back we want you to come here and do something come here as a yeah. medic let's get you healthy yeah, and all this yeah. stuff and I was like super we'll do that right mm-hmm. i'll take that opportunity mm-hmm. and uh knowing full well what i want to do and uh, I bumped into the physical therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she looked at my leg. I had three inches of atrophy. I had mm. no, uh, I had uh, no reflexes. Mm-hmm. My capillary refill was diminished. Wow. She's like, "What is wrong with your leg?" I was like, "I don't know. What's wrong <laughs> with my leg?
0: It's not functioning. Yeah, it's not working the way <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. Can you fix
1: it?" She's it like, don't work. Yeah. You need to get an MRI <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, "Really? Yeah." Is it that bad? He's like, "Yes, it's that bad." Yeah. Yeah. What is you're, you're a medical, you know yeah. better. It's like, yeah, but I'm not Medics, medics are the, the worst. worst. Medics are yeah. the worst. That's the opposite, of yeah, other yeah. People, right? Medics like, are the worst patient Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, I know we're we're about half past yeah. here. I'll, I'll kind of cut the no, longer no, no. story That's short right. a little bit, but you know, ultimately they found out that I had really screwed up my back, blown yeah. out those desks. I had uh when you look at discs, it's like a donut, right? Yeah, yeah. you don't want the cream in the middle, of the filling to spill yeah. out. It was spilled everywhere, everywhere right? Yeah. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a mess, yeah. and it showed the T spine where I've got all these arthritic changes mm-hmm. and things. Now we're all rounded off, and yeah. it, it kind of made sense, right? right? And you know the physical insults with the shrapnel and stuff mm-hmm. wasn't the big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't the problem. It was the overpressure mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Yeah. so they sent me to Walter Reed. They're like, yeah, your back is jacked. Mm-hmm. They thought it was an autonomic nervous system issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that seven, you know, spinal surgery and back surgery was going to mm-hmm. fix this and me back on my path. Mm-hmm. That's partially true, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, so we did that did the surgery trained up went back and got ready to go to OTC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you get one shot at this. Right? Yeah, 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 you you can't walk away from that man. Like mm-hmm. I am not going to go through all of these things and suck up uh, things that I didn't want to do in an order. I sure didn't want to do it in right. and not take this opportunity Sure, and I you know, I, I could feel that I wasn't where I needed to be mm-hmm. and uh, you, know, you get about again three-quarters of the way through and you're just not performing Yeah, I'm tripping and at this point. I'm starting to have pain. Just it, yeah. it, It's uncontrollable, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense I'm not connected to my foot mm-hmm. and I'm still too hard-headed to take a knee sure. and really get fixed in the medical system it doesn't understand right they're like right. it's all about but, but your back mm. so this goes on for years i failed otc stayed on as a medic yeah. and continued on and got into some other arenas in the yeah. uh like the wmd arena and some mm-hmm. things that feel, folks from our community don't normally do yeah but again it wasn't what i wanted And i right. couldn't control my uh my you know anything else other than my reaction and yeah. how i how i worked through this you got to make the best of it right
0: yeah bloom where you planted yeah that's right yeah.
1: And, and that's what i did you know we worked our tail off we wa- wanted to be the very best what we could be sure just taking the skills and the traits that, that we were selected for right yeah. and, and that we want to put into play and it, it just keeps going worse and worse mm. and worse mm-hmm. i'm finally like taping my foot with athletic tape yeah because i can't your drop it, foot is it, yeah. dragging everywhere yeah. exactly it's wow. drop foot. crazy uh, the atrophies there the hair yeah. is falling out my skin is wow moved, the toenails <laughs> fell out and I, it's like freaking Mr. Deed's leg, man yeah. I've got pitting edema you know two inches thick I could take a 50 cent piece and stick it on my leg and by the end of the day you know it would still be there to wow. some degree yeah. my foot would swell up uh from just the swelling mm-hmm. uh pushing down to you know yeah big around and have a boot imprint mm-hmm. by the end of the day Eventually, put me in a brace called the Ideo, Mm. and I was like, "Cool, man, I'm going to try this out." I broke like 17 of those in a year, (laughs) fast roping and free falling, (laughs) and you know, I finally, you know, you hit that point where I thought I was going to be able to push through this. I mean, Mm. we don't give up, man. That's not what we do. Yeah. And we were on a jump, and a dude cut in and cut my hair and my shoe. Yeah, collapsed right. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh crap, here we go." Yeah, and it finally reopened. I got canopy, and I was coming in hot, right? And mm. I had jumped enough times; I knew how to handle this. Right, and I let in with my left leg like I always had mm. every, every single time. Right, I'm a left leg dominant mm. guy, and this brace exploded. Okay, mm. like it, it, it exploded. Struts went one way; part of the foot went the mm. other, and I couldn't control myself. I was a dead stick. So yeah. I'm in. I'm doing an endo. Mm. I'm rolling, and I realized like yeah what do i do man like i i I cannot do this i'm going to kill myself i'm going to kill somebody that's tough and uh you don't want to be that weak link Mm -hmm. and you don't want to admit that you're broken right Mm -hmm. so you know at this point they finally decided like look you're gonna have to do an meb man Mm -hmm. and they actually brought in the mayo clinic at that time Mm. it's crazy just to take a look at this and figure out what was going on and they did this longitudinal study of a million different things and they're like here's the issue Uh, You have lymphatic failure. It's not working. Mm. You have arterial compromise and venous compromise. It was like a line in in the sand where it was good tissue and bad tissue and the best they could come up with because it was just such a bizarre thing is where I was probably 15 feet 12 feet from the mortar. The blast impact caused this, hmm. in concert with a fall and the nerve damage caused by it. It was just a superstorm yeah. of events that caused so this. Your body
0: just didn't circulate anything well through that one yeah. leg, right? Whether right. It, was it was feeling the, blood. That's moving, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it just kept dying.
0: It's essentially yeah. it was like the end. Of, huh.
1: A diabetic leg. Yeah. So it was like compartment
0: syndrome for that. It, it wasn't it was like, compartment like, yeah. syndrome.
1: It was just it was dead. Nothing yeah. worked. All the wow. plumbing, that's all the crazy. electrical. It's yeah. like a dead house, right? And yeah. that was my leg. Huh. Uh, the pain I was feeling was ischemic pain. It was actually the tissue dying. Yeah. The smell that wow. was there and all the wonkiness was yeah. just, it was the tissue yeah. dying, right? Wow. And uh, ultimately I was ready to cut my leg off years before. Mm. And I'm surprised I didn't try to do it myself. Yeah. I, I was just so focused on doing sure. what I needed to do. And ultimately uh, they were like, yeah, your leg, you're gonna lose your leg now or in the future and I was like done let's, let's go Let's go, yeah uh, <laughs> book it right now yeah. we're good yeah and uh yeah a month later they brought me and we, we cut it off mm-hmm. I went through six months of rehab mm-hmm. and uh I remember waking up three days after the surgery and I was like holy crap man I feel good mm. like when yeah. you get all of that pain and I was probably sure. like six or seven out of ten every single day for yeah. years at this point yeah operating and trying to do all the things we do man Mm. it changes everything right you're caustic you're angry you're not thinking clearly Mm. and you're still able to maintain your place in this tribe this place you want to be but i know that i wasn't at my max and to wake up and just it all synced and i felt good and Mm. uh you know uh, i'll cut a little bit short here ultimately uh i didn't want to retire i was at 18 years when this happened uh, they were not uh, not down with that, right? The army was mm. like, you are really old. Mm. <laughs> you need to retire. I was like, I'm just give me the opportunity. Yeah. So I bumped into a yeah. guy, uh, Ray Odierno, the yeah. general. Yeah. He's a giant human being, he yes, was, yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> he so, was, right? Uh, he was, he came to our fire base at one point, you know, at some point like 07 or so, yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. Yeah. yeah, so I was doing box jumps and just hammering it. You uh. know?
1: breaking it off yeah. he's like what is your deal man? like you are not <laughs> what are you
0: doing to? <laughs> other people something's
1: broken <laughs> yeah, here yeah. and i told him i was like look man i'm a green beret i'm gonna re-qualify i just need yeah. to, to get out of the way right nice like, yeah. i want my opportunities like i'll make sure you get it nice he called my boss the next day nice and then my boss or my boss's boss's boss right mm-hmm. and this circle down the chain like what the hell did you do yeah. who did you speak to i was like he was there and he I said i want to qualify yeah, yeah, yeah. and he said i get the chance the Good sergeant major of the army called me nice uh, crazy right yeah, it's yeah, like hey awesome. you're gonna get your shot man uh take it nice so we did it and you know it, I, i'm just grateful right yeah. I mean, all you want is the opportunity you don't want the outcome sure nobody wants to be that weak link and we were able to do it i Had the chance to serve for five years after I lost my leg. And uh, again, uh, things don't always go how you plan, right? Uh, I deployed a few times uh, in between all of that and did other things. But having the access and learning about all these nuanced things that were Mm -hmm. going on. I got to help start up the fourth battalions in mm-hmm. the OSW yeah. and I closed out my career uh, in the 18 Delta course yeah. imparting the things that uh, that I had learned in yeah. all of the layers of lessons that life had dropped on my shoulders yeah. to the next generation of medics it was it was really a great place to close it down. Yeah. And uh, at, at this point, I'm struggling because people want me to talk and they want mm-hmm. me to use my voice and like, that's not who we are, right? Yeah. And uh, I remember talking to senior leaders they are like, look, man, that's where you're wrong. You're being silent, man. Go do the right thing. You have mm-hmm. been through things that others don't understand, yeah. And you need to impart that and share that with people, right? Like those things matter, whether it's civilian or the next generation. You have a story to tell, and it uh, it got there. I started speaking and sharing our story and sharing my story, mm-hmm. and you know, in this time, I did the Warrior Games a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, got to be part of Team USA with Invictus, which yeah. was crazy, and. You know just different opportunities things I never I never saw come I never thought yeah. would come my way and uh, I decided to retire man it was time mm-hmm. yeah. I was struggling to keep it up with all yeah. the back injury and stuff yeah, I didn't man. want to be that wink link and I dropped my packet and uh, ultimately at a speaking event I met a nonprofit it's the one I work for here now mm-hmm. and we feed people barbecue right? yeah if yeah. you would have told me I would have retired from the military. Yeah work for a nonprofit and been focused on barbecue after my career and all the things, yeah. I would have told you you're nuts, man. Like not a freaking
0: chance. Right? Yeah. I remember when I was, uh, one of the, one of the Sophics before COVID yep. and you guys were doing operation barbecue really out there. And I was like, somehow I found out that you were, and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's like, yep. I completely didn't see that coming as like a complete curveball, but it was super cool. Cause you guys were doing like, it wasn't just some little thing. Like it was very successful and you guys had a lot going on. Yeah. Let's go baker or go um, home, right? If you're yeah, doing, do it right. It's awesome. So yeah. Yeah it was great. They offered
1: me this position. I built our military veteran and first responder programs, which was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, eventually I got to step in. I run our disaster and our non-disaster. I got the
0: name right, right? Operation, Operation Barbecue Relief. Okay, yeah. I was making I sure. I didn't want to le- did. say yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. In case people can look it up yeah, check and check out. it out. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. www.obr.org, yeah. Or Operation barbecue yeah. Uh We focus on a couple of things, right? We give back to people after natural disasters. Yeah. Uh, we believe in the what we call the healing power of barbecue, that one hot meal that matters. Yeah. And ultimately, it's the same things we, we learned as Green Berets, right? Yeah. Sit down, break bread, mm-hmm. bring people in, you solve problems, right? And that's what yeah. we do. That's barbecues awesome. comfort food. So yeah. we did 900,000 meals after Hurricane Ian, uh, mm. made a huge difference in like 19 different sites around the state. Uh, we've hit every tornado this year. We've been at every disaster uh, mm. you can imagine since then. But it's what we're doing with our veterans, first responders and military. That's pretty cool. We call it the always serving project. Mm. And uh, whether we know it or not, each of us are always serving just like we did in uniform, right? Yeah. You can be a positive or negative for the people around you. And I choose to be a positive, right? Yeah. I choose to put all that behind me, all the things that didn't go how I wanted them to do and I had to make the best of. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was angry. There was times where I was frustrated, I was angry, and I was like, why me? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, Why did I not get to do what I wanted to do?
0: Yeah,
1: And then you, you realize it's not about you, right? Yeah. Life goes on. You have to make the best of it. You don't dictate those terms, but you will make the best of what you got. You have one chance, make it work. Yeah. And when I stopped feeling sorry for myself and I focused on what mattered, you move forward, and uh, yeah. it blaze a path that no one even knew existed, and that's where it went. Right now, uh, we give back to veterans around the country. We teach them to grill and cook, and mm. give back to their family and their community. Uh, we bought a camp in Lake of the Ozarks, nice. one hundred and eighty acres, one mile of waterfront, mm. and we do what we call culinary therapy. I believe a lot of the breakdown in our country comes from the breakdown of the family and mm. the time. Yeah, uh, the concept, family dinner table kind of right. Yeah, I believe. A family that cooks together and eats together stays together so that's mm-hmm. what we do we go hunting fishing boating and we use food to draw people together one hot meal at a time uh, we bring in veterans military first responders but we encapsulate that with their families that's so all. if you're going to come overcome things your family has to be a part of it man there's nothing worse than being at a thing and your family's completely taken away from it right yeah like, 100%. you're learning all these skills and your family's left behind it yeah. creates issues in the family and you never really get over that guilt. Like look, man, my wife was a yeah. 20 year veteran. Yeah. She retired when I was in Walter Reed gave up her career mm-hmm. to take care of me yeah. uh, gave up her career to make sure that our son who's autistic and was mm-hmm. throwing up eight, 10, 12 times a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Had a chance. Yeah. So her sacrifice just like we, yeah, we are in yeah. the military 100%. made it possible. So I was not going to fail my family. I was not going to fail and make her sacrifice, you know, not worthwhile, right? It, it, yeah. it mattered. It was profound. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. we have to take those moments so uh, i still work there it's what we do and uh, again if you told me with all of those things that i was going to eventually step into politics <laughs> not a freaking chance <laughs> yeah. zero chance hey, not man, where i wanted to be it's
0: so i mean it, so much of what you just talked about of your journey is so applicable you know i i talk about like why do i want to have this podcast right it's like. Um, I, I believe in the strength of story and and learning from others perspective. And a lot of times, you know, I've had I've talked to people about it and they're like, well, I'm not going to lose my leg and have to. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to have so many times in your life where exactly what you said. It's not what I thought I was going to get into. It's not what I wanted to do, whatever. That's but right. all I can control is how I approach it. Right. Um, you know. I, I had a lot of similar uh, unfortunately like the chronic pain thing and having to overcome that i had to, you know starting in 07 and 08 where it just i it was a frog in a boiling pot of water kind of thing mm-hmm. for me where i suddenly realized that i was incredibly irritable and all these things and i was snapping at my kids over something where they were just being kids and i realized because i was walking around at, at eight or nine all the time yep. and there was only a little bit of left on the needle it had to go like all right man i gotta raise my hand go figure this out like go to a site go to prep go to anything and figure it out because it, we we can't choose as you said we can't choose our situation we can't choose um you know what situation we're put in we can only choose on how we uh, approach it and how we get better from that's it. right, right. So, the situation yeah i that had to right. realize like okay man like it doesn't matter why I'm in all this pain. It doesn't matter if it was for a good noble cause. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. It's like it is right it now. Is. Yeah, right now it is what it is, and I need my wife and kids to not take splashback from this. That's right? right. And so, like, let me go get some help. And I love, I love what you said about uh, with OBR having the family uh, brought in because you know such a breakdown. We're gone all the time. We're doing all these different things, yeah. and then it's hard. You know, I've gone to a couple of different things where it's only for us and you feel super guilty because it's like i already spent enough time away from my wife and kids and like yeah i want to go do this and it's therapeutic and whatever else but okay great i get to go do this fishing thing but my wife and kids now it's another weekend i'm i'm away right? right i love the idea of bringing it you know bringing it together making it about community uh because we all need that social network that's right uh, and the family's the strongest one you have you we know? not me right yeah exactly it's awesome all right so we talked about politics a little bit in the beginning right mm-hmm. but now we're doing you know we we've come out we we've overcome all these challenges we're doing obr at what point do you start getting this itch of like i need to step up again
1: so, you know, we're taught a lot of lessons and little parables in life, sure. right? And, and as Green Berets, we kind of learned those from the, the generation before us. Yeah. And uh, it, it's how we impart that knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that team room dynamic, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's done in a you know, rough way. Sometimes it's just done over a beer, right? But <laughs> sure, like yeah. in the end, we learn those yeah. things, right? And when the election happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was pretty frustrated, like many people, right? Yeah. I didn't like where it was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a lot of people who espouse our values. I didn't mm-hmm. see people who had the functionality to yeah. do what needed to be done and I was you know I was frustrated right yeah. and you know when your kids say something that you've said many times yeah and they kind of throw it back at you and it so my, my, yeah. my little guy <laughs> he, he's he, Gabriel he's, yeah. he's autistic yeah. he's gifted he's brilliant yeah and he just sees things a different way yeah and I was complaining about this and I had always told him look man don't complain if you don't have a solution right mm. and mm. I was complaining he said well dad what are you going to do about it mm.
0: Okay. <laughs> nothing cuts harder than your own words I, coming back oh my gosh, right? like, <laughs> dude. this episode is brought to you by the 1952 society by joining the 1952 society donors become a part of an exclusive group of green beret foundation advocates dedicated to providing vital support and assistance through a tiered donation system Donors can choose a level that reflects their generosity and receive exclusive benefits and recognition in return. Together, we can ensure that our U.S. Army Special Forces soldiers, their families, caregivers, and survivors receive the support they need when they need it most. Visit greenberetfoundation.org slash society to join the ranks. So unfortunately within the Special Forces community, suicide has become an epidemic. And suicide prevention is something that we all want to take part in. And it's not just clicking through some slides uh, on a suicide prevention brief. The Greenberry Foundation stood up Andy's Fund directly to try to address some of the underlying concerns like chronic pain, TBI, PTSD, that previously weren't supported in suicide prevention programs. To learn more, please visit GreenberryFoundation.org slash Andy's Fund.
1: What am I going to do? Yeah, about? good question, buddy. Right. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. So it's it's what we do, right? We yeah. adapt. And you do analysis. You look through the situation and you realize, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So we figured it out. We did the math. We did the measuring. We did the planning. And then mm-hmm. we moved with uh of violence of action to what Mm. we thought we needed to do yeah uh it went very well i ran for congress Mm -hmm. uh we got picked up in a bunch of the the programs and things that really make a difference like the young guns yeah Uh, it was the first time somebody got picked up in the history of the program in a district that wasn't targeted Mm. and then you know again it seems like the story of my life things happened that i can't control right Mm. they changed the maps
0: Mm.
1: in the district it's redistricting it happens every 10 years we won a seat in our governor's maps 100 support i think you made the right decision it's a leader's decision yeah. it was what was best for the state but it wasn't what was best for me yeah right yeah. and and that's okay that's tough yeah eventually you know you shift you adjust fire and then i got a call to uh, tallahassee you know we were doing very well it's probably 50 50 whether i would win that congressional seat or not yeah and uh you know there's no guarantees in life and i got a call to tallahassee that the governor and his team wanted to meet. i was like well this is either really good or really really bad <laughs> yeah probably not a lot of in between right <laughs> and uh yeah we met with him and he's like jay uh, we want you you know after three hours of questioning and mm-hmm. figuring out what i what i thought where my moral compass was sure you know was i willing to stand up and say what needed to be said Did i have courage candor conviction yeah. commitment yeah. Uh, was i audacious yes yeah. we, we hit those things And he said, look, man, I want you to run for state Senate. I know it's not what you want to do, but this Mm. is what the state needs you to do. And here's why we need to have a supermajority. We want to have a heavy hitting uh, session. We want to push the ball. And I think you can win. I was running against the mayor's mother-in-law in in Tampa Bay to Mm -hmm. say she's entrenched is an understatement. And uh, it's a blue district, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a Republican, I'm pro-God, pro-gun, pro-life. I have not hid that, I'm unequivocal yeah. in that approach. Right. I know who I am and I'm not gonna hide from it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay,
0: let's <laughs> see how this plays out, right? <laughs> That's not what I was expecting, but right? okay, yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, we did it, we slapped the table. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that he did and the thing that he said that I I really just respected is I, I, I told him, look, I, I don't need you or anybody to make a difference i am going to persevere i'm Mm -hmm. going to work and we're going to do this but i believe in you yeah i believe in what you stand for Mm. i believe in the fact that you say what needs to be done you have a task a condition Mm -hmm. a standard and you hold people accountable yeah that is why i'm willing to do it and Mm -hmm. if we don't agree on something uh i'm not going to do it just because you asked me to if i disagree and it is against my beliefs or my moral compass yeah I'm doing what I believe is right.
0: yeah you know, I want you to know that from
1: the from the beginning and he said yeah. something. He's like, I understand that, but that's why we want you. Yeah, that's great because you know who you are. Mm. you're willing to. I don't think that's what his team was expecting to be said. But, uh, <laughs> We'd also like you to. But Luckily, I don't no, identify great. as yeah. a politician. Yeah, right? yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's great. And five months later, we mm-hmm. won by 10 points. And yeah. now I get to represent Tampa Bay, McDill. Yeah. And uh, I got to do some pretty remarkable things for a brand new guy in politics. Yeah. I got to run the constitutional carry bill for the state, yeah. which is awesome. Thank
0: you for that, by the way. It's- yeah, it's one step. <laughs> moving that thing forward, yeah.
1: right? we got to keep planting yeah. that flag. Uh, but again, you don't, you don't have that opportunity in life. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, persevering and just listening to the voice and listening to what has to be done, not what you want to do, but what you need to do. Yeah. We can make a heck of a difference. Right. So I ran that, yeah. I ran the bill stopping China from purchasing mm-hmm. land in yeah. the state of Florida. It blocks countries of concern from buying ag land and critical infrastructure. Yeah. Because again, our enemies are telling us who they are, yeah. what they're about. We're right? doing it straight
0: up. We better yeah. take
1: it serious. You know, I got to run the the choice in sports bill, which was mm. really amazing. Uh, it allows children to uh, go play sports, regardless of public, private, whatever, mm-hmm. charter. But it also says that if you're in a, a Christian school and you're playing against a Christian school and you wanna pray before the game, you can. Yeah, You have that right. Yeah, And we have put that in writing mm-hmm. and made sure that happened, right? And we signed that bill right here in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's meaningful, right? Yeah. I got to be the, the chairman of the Ag Committee at a time when, uh, agriculture is really flailing yeah you know growing up on a farm and having lost our family farm and our way and our identity again yeah life goes in the direction it's supposed to i didn't want to go through that but it sure gave me a heck of a perspective for what i'm being asked to do right now yeah and we're trying to stabilize revitalize and grow agriculture 1.3 billion dollars in actuated loss so far in citrus alone Mm. We are down to 53 dairy farms in the state. Five years ago it was 106. Wow. Five years before that it was over 260. Mm-hmm. Agriculture is suffering from the hurricane, from the freeze, from greening. Yeah. And it's about 50% of our economy. Mm-hmm. We gotta get this right. Yeah. And again, you're put in the place to make a difference. So I got to run the Ag Bill mm-hmm. and we did the farm team car to make sure that the things they were supposed to get tax exempt, they could by mm-hmm. showing a card because yeah. none of them were following through and doing yeah. the, the hard yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, We did a Florida First program. We put things in place to really just shore up (laughs) agriculture. Um, In the end, I ran 30 bills. We passed 22. And it's, I I, I don't do it the way it's been done. I do it the way we would do it to solve a problem and, you know, leave it better than we got it, right? That's the the approach. And we're going into session two. And uh, we're focused on economy, education, safety in the community, Um, obviously military and, and first responders are key component of that and making sure they have the time tools training necessary yeah. to complete their mission and go back home to their family safe and just make a difference right that's where we are uh, mm-hmm. and i guess i'll leave it with this i didn't want these things to happen the way they did Sure. but i can see now in retrospect everything that i was put through everything that just had to temper that steel and taught me that lesson yeah. and when i finally put my ego in you know calmed down and was willing to listen and learn that lesson is all practical and it all applies to what we're doing now. And we have the ability to make that difference because we learned those lessons, because we took that path less traveled, because as Green Berets, we're problem solvers, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Uh, It's funny, I I was thinking of this this morning, completely not even thinking about this interview, just in general doing some reflection on my own, uh, you know, kind of ups and downs and getting kicked down and all these things. And I was thinking, you know, man, you know, part of really feeling that maturation process is being able to look back and say... God, I really didn't like when you did that, or when that, when that was put in my path. But now looking back, I see That's how right. how important it was that that led to this, and that That's right. gave me the opportunity to learn. You know, we were talking with a previous guest about, you know, for me, some of the injuries that I had made me empathetic as a team sergeant that I would not have been. I would have been. I had Absolutely. a couple of guys who needed to be able to take a knee and had i not had that myself i would have probably looked at them uh you know very oh you're just you know being a dirtbag whatever and i I think it was god preparing me to make the right right. decision at the right time and it's very tough to be able to look back and some of the worst days of your life think well it's a good thing it happened uh but you know that's that's sort of the ability there at the end to be able to look back and say, yeah, I needed that. Yep. Uh, I don't like it. I want to go do it, go through it again, but I needed it. And, and I'll say, you know, I grew up in Georgia. Uh, you know, uh, if you would have told me I was going to retire and stay in Florida, I would have been. Right. You're crazy. there's no way. It's not going to happen. Uh, but there is. Uh, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. Um, as far as feeling as if the people that are that are shepherding the state are trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, we. Either there's there's a whole lot of different political spectrum, all those different things, and some people won't agree with some of the decisions. That's right. But I will say that, uh, by and large, for most folks in Florida, you look at over the last three to four years and you say, hey, uh, uh, there was a lot more better decisions being made than than I in agree. other places. And, and uh, as I said earlier, I think you can tell authenticity when someone wants – why do they want to be in a position of power? And there are people who um, – don't come off as authentic. And there are people who do come off as, hey, they're trying to serve rather than to be served or to have this elevated, uh, you know, and so me to you, I appreciate your commitment. I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate what, uh, you know, the session has done so far, because I think we're moving things in the right direction. And we feel that as constituents, when, when the media tells us everything's going to hell in a handbasket, it may be true, but there are people trying to stem the tide, and uh, and that's a great thing. And I, and I love the fact that there are Green Berets and SEALs and other vets right. who are stepping into that breach and being part of the solution, uh, because who better? Who better to lead it,
1: right? If not me, then who, right? Yeah, if not absolutely. now, then when? You yeah. know, it's it's again, it's the Green Beret mindset, and yeah. it's the soft mindset, and it's why we do what we do. Yeah, we have to run to the sound of the guns. Yeah, that's who we are. And when I put all of those things aside that like we talked about, it wasn't the next ridge line I wanted, but mm. it's the one that really mattered, guys. We're in a fight for our nation, yeah. and you know I'm going to put my 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 political yeah. hat on here <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit, but it's true, right? Yeah we have a responsibility as Americans, right? Mm -hmm. To pass the freedoms that we receive from our our families, from our forefathers down to our kids. Mm -hmm. And if we're not willing to step into that breach, like we talked about sooner, man, we're failing. Mm -hmm. We are put here for a purpose, to solve problems, to lead, to be on that forward edge, that ragged edge, because Mm -hmm. that's where we operate. Mm -hmm. That's where we find our nation, man, The, the economy, how we're viewed internationally. There are legitimate problems. Our nation is being ripped apart. People will tell you we're divided by race, creed, color, gender, everything under the sun. But We are all Americans. Mm -hmm. We are all God's children. And we have so much more in common than that which divides us. We have to remind people of that. When we as Americans remind ourselves and remember who we are, Mm -hmm. we are going to move forward as a nation in a way that most probably don't even think is possible. And I believe in that. I know you do, and I know people from our community do and man it is always worth it yeah I, I am so grateful for the lessons now with you know hindsight being 100 <laughs> yeah. percent that i went through yeah. because it got me to a point where i get to fight on a ridgeline for my children yeah. and to be out there and make sure that they don't have to fight the battle that we can win today yeah so we can let them do whatever they have to do and take this country and our family and all the things we believe in and all the things we want for them beyond what we think is even possible and as a dad, member, what else do you want in life, right? Yeah, that's what it is. That's where it's at. And uh, you know, I'm just—I think more than anything that uh, if you're going to sum up everything in a word, it's grateful.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I phenomenal, and I'm grateful to you know have this conversation. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your career and all of these different things because it is so impactful. There's so many things that even if you're listening, you're not a Green Beret, or whatever else, you're going to get knocked down, and there are ways to rally to that and learn from others perspective. And then, uh, you know, again, thanks for what you're doing day to day. Thanks for coming in here. Hopefully all of you out there have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I appreciate you listening to Prep for Impact. You're on the ground floor because this is one of the first episodes and I appreciate that. Whether you're listening right now when it's coming out or whether, you know, we're a year in the future and you're coming back to see some of the previous episodes, I appreciate your time and your opportunity to be able to to join us in sort of these conversations. And, uh, you know, if you want to Check out. Obviously, you can find Jay Collins on a ton of different social media. You can also check out OBR, and uh, you can always check out uh, Prep for Impact on YouTube. If you're listening on, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google, whatever, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you throw a rating out there. And if you got somebody who you think will be as inspired by this episode as you were, hey, send it to them and tell them uh, to give it a listen. Uh, also, check out the Green Beret Foundation, as we mentioned a couple of times. There's amazing, uh, you know, work being done for for our community. Our community needs it after 20 years of war and there's people all the way back into Vietnam that are still uh, going through uh, needs that uh, the Green Beret Foundation walks alongside them and helps uh, helps them get through it. So check out Green Beret Foundation on all Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that mess. Hey, if you want to get a laugh, uh, if you want to have some uh, team room humor, you can always check out another SF meme page on Instagram, get a few chuckles. And uh, again, thank you all. Thank you, Jay. And thank you all out there for listening to Prep for Impact. Thanks for listening to another episode of Prep for Impact. Just as a reminder, everything you heard on this episode and every episode of Prep for Impact are just the opinions of the speakers, whether that's the host or the guest, and they're not the official position of either the Green Beret Foundation, their employers, the Department of Defense, or anyone else. And with that disclaimer in mind, I want to take a quick second to give you my opinion on the best way to prep for impact. Across my life, whether it's as a Green Beret or personally, I found no more secret weapon than to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior, and to walk his path rather than mine. And so if you're curious about that, or if you ever want to talk, my DMs are always open. Thanks for listening to Prep for Impact.